Thanks so much, Ange, for leading us around the communion table so beautifully. There's something about Scripture that is just so, so amazing. If I was to ask you the question, who are you? What sort of makes up your values or your priorities or, or your identity? If I was asked myself the, the question, I would answer, well, firstly, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a, a creative person, but I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm a preacher. I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm passionate. And, and there's all sorts of different things that I could use to describe myself. If I was to ask you yourself, what, what makes you up? Who are you? What would you answer? If I was to follow that up with how do you spend your time, sometimes those things don't align so well. I know in my own life that, that pastoral care, caring for others, takes up a lot of my time. It, it sits heavily on my heart, as does the, the workload and pressures of ministry. And so a lot of my time dwells with the body of Christ, with the church. I also... At the moment, my kids will say they need help with a homework situation, something at school, and, and that takes my focus in the moment. So if I was to look at who am I, and I won't talk about being a follower of Christ, we're all on our own journeys towards being the people God has called us to be. But if I was to say, as a husband, how much of my time is spent intentionally thinking about the person that I love other than Jesus the most in this world? How much time do I spend dedicated to my wife, to, to thinking about her? And, and how much time do I put that into action intentionally? I can tell you the last time I intentionally did something for a vet, my wife, was the moment after I wrote this message because I was so convicted that on the way home I went and bought flowers and, and did some things to intentionally show her that I value her. But it's so easy, isn't it, not to think of our loved ones because our responsibilities in life can get so distracted by reacting to the world around us rather than being proactive in the things that would equal our identity and our values. And so today I want us to look at how, how do we align our responsibilities with who God has called us to be. Today we're going to conclude our series on our family tree knowing that we're all part of the body of Christ. We're all connected to God, one church, one body, many parts, all doing our bit, but also within our homes, whatever that looks like within the family dynamic, within that roof. We're all part of different family makeups, but all a part of one family, which is the body of Christ. And so as we conclude, I want to see how our responsibilities align with our values and God's values, both for us as individuals, as people, but also within the body of Christ. If I was to ask you, how do we balance our responsibilities? How do we balance our responsibilities with who God has called us to be? That is what we're going to see into Scripture to look for the answer this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that as we go into Scripture that you would speak to us where we need to hear it the most. Would you convict us on the way that we carry our responsibilities? May the responsibilities that we have align with your word, align with who you've called us to be. 
And from this, may our time, our thoughts, and our lives align with you rather than the world. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, if you have your Bibles with you at home or wherever you're watching this, I'd encourage you to open to John chapter 15, which is our primary text, our main passage that we're going through this morning. It says this in John 15 verse 1, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. It actually says I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Why, why the word true vine? What, what is the significance of the word true? Well, you see, what had taken place in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is the story of God's people that were chosen, that the Hebrew people, the Israelites, that, that through their family tree, the Messiah for the entire world was going to be born. It's the history of, of God's chosen people through their family tree leading to the one who would save the entire world, all people. And connect them. And so the Old Testament, the the first part of the Bible, speaks to this space. And in that part of the Bible, they refer to a vine. And the vine in multiple places is referred to as God's chosen people. For example, we would read in Psalm 80, verse 8, it says, You transplanted a vine from Egypt, you drove out the nations and planted it. And that refers to how God saved his people from Egypt, from, from that terrible time of slavery and through the exodus they were led into Canaan the promised land now were referred to as the vine because as they did this as they were God's chosen people God's chosen vessel as people connected to God's chosen people they were connecting in to the ones that were following the the rules the law the Torah the way that God called them to be and so they were the vine that people were connecting to However, we know that that vine was an imperfect vine, a vine that failed, a vine that that didn't hold up to what it was meant to be, a a vine that that wasn't complete. And so Jesus comes along and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. In verse 2, it says that he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will bear even more, be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A powerful passage of Scripture. We're going to read some more of that in just a moment. But in this passage, we see some some different elements that that make up this, this text. In the the passage, what we see is that there is, a, there is a, a vine, a plant. And in the plant, we see that there is there's branches that are connected to the plant and, and there's a gardener as well. And what we see is that, that in this passage, Jesus is referring to three different parts. Firstly, Jesus himself is saying, I am the vine. 
And we know that a plant has a, a trunk from the, the roots. It has this, this stem, this trunk, this vine, this, this central part. And from that, all of the nutrients that will energize and help the plant come from. And, and from this vine, this, this trunk, this core, all of the branches that are attached to it get their, their energy, their food, and their life from that. The passage also says that, that if Jesus is the vine, we, his people, the body of Christ, the church, humanity, are the branches that are connected to it. But it also says that there is a gardener in this who, who prunes. And he, he prunes the, the vine, the plants. And, and it goes on to say that there is Jesus, the vine, people, and then God, the Father who is the gardener. And he prunes branches that don't bear fruit. And we know that in a plant, and we've got some vines at home, that we've got some we've got a grapevine that, that grows crazy every summer and, and bears fruit, and we've got to guide it and mold it and care for it, otherwise it'd go all crazy. And so so sometimes there's a branch that's not bearing fruit, sometimes there's a branch that's actually actually dead it doesn't belong on the tree sometimes there's a branch that that's looking sick or something and what it does is it's taking all of the nutrients away from the other branches that are bearing fruit and because that branch is not bearing fruit it needs to be pruned it needs to be cut away and taken from the the plant it's not bearing fruit it doesn't belong on there it's actually toxic it's taking up energy that is designed to be bearing fruit in other areas of that plant and it needs to be removed other times is there's branches that are bearing fruit but but we need to trim it back a little bit more so that it's oh, just a little bit more here it's starting to grow and grow in an area or a direction that's not meant to go or it's starting to get too heavy and we need to prune it back and so in pruning the, the good branches it bears more fruit as well. This passage also says that if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. And what it's saying in this passage is that that it's so important that we, we make sure that we remain connected to the vine that the areas of our life that are most important to us have to be connected. There may be some areas of our life that don't belong on the vine altogether. There may be an area, maybe a secret area that no one else knows about. There may be a part of your life that you're not happy about, maybe you're ashamed about it, that doesn't belong in the vine at all. And that area of your life, because it doesn't belong really, it just needs to be thrown out and burnt, it needs to be cut off. It needs to be let go of. It's not who you were designed to be. It's not the way God planned for us to be. And sometimes cutting off those areas are quite painful in life as well. Verse 7 says, If you remain in my words and my word, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. We've got to understand the context of this a little bit because otherwise if we just read the second part, so ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. It's like, God, I want a Ferrari. It doesn't quite work like that. 
the, the verse says, if you remain in my word, and if you remain in me and my words remain if you, in you, if you remain plugged in, if you remain in me, if my word remains in you, then the things that you ask for won't be the things of yourself. Because you're remaining plugged in to, to the vine, the things that you ask for are the things that are coming from the vine. So the things that you ask for, the words that you ask for are the words that come from the source. And so the things of your heart are the things that God is crying out for. And when we cry out for the things that God wants, then they're the things that take place. For, for example, the Lord's Prayer says you know, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to pray for the things that you want, God. I want to align my life with your life so the things that I cry out for are the things that are on your heart, not the things that are on my heart. When you are connected to the vine, your thoughts and prayers are connected from the source of all good. But in the same way, sometimes we have a part of us that is robbing us of that energy, robbing us of the things that would, we, we know are so important. Romans 6.11 says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Sometimes there is an area of our life that we just need to cut off. It is dead. It is toxic. It is not doing us any good. It is robbing us of life. It is robbing us of joy. It's robbing us of peace. And we need to get rid of that area of our life in order for the other areas to bear fruit. We know that, that when God calls, uh, when Jesus and, and the whole scriptures talk about fruit, then of course it's talking about the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, go, and, go into all the world and baptize people in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And teach them to do the same. And surely I'll be with you to the end of the age. It's about leading people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about the gospel. It's about sharing who God is. The love that he has with those around us. Of course the fruit, the harvest is plenty. And that the workers are few. Of course the fruit is about the gospel. But also the fruit, as we see in scripture, is about our relationship with God. And if our relationship with God is strong, then others will see Christ in us. And so some of the other fruits that we see when we're connected to this vine, when we're connected to the source, we would see in Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, it says, But the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such things there are no law i deeply believe that in this time in our world that we need these things and i feel like we're being distracted from plugging into the source the beauty of plugging into the vine means it doesn't matter where you are you don't have to be in the church building on a Sunday to plug into the vine. You can be where you are right now. And you can choose to plug into the vine. You can ask the gardener, hey, I need some help removing something from my life to plug into the vine. Hey, I know there's an area of my life that needs some work. It may be bearing some fruit. It needs some 
trimming up. Can you help me? And the gardener will help with that. More than ever, we need to know what true love looks like, what, what this joy looks like, what this peace at this time of anxiety looks like within our lives. And sadly, if this is what God wants for us, sometimes the world offers something else that, that seems like true love, seems like true, true joy, seems to bring peace, but it's actually quite toxic. It's not good for us. We see that, that in John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And if you were to, to look at what the world says love looks like, and you were to say to a teenage couple that were dating, hey, you know, do what the world says. What does love look like without any self-control, any kindness or gentleness? And it, it's, it's all based on passion and, and hormones. You go, wow, that is not the way it's meant to be. That is going to be a thief that will come to steal, kill and destroy that element of your life. Compared to the idea of what love looks like, with patience and respect, that love looks like when it's plugged into the vine, what that relationship for that teenage couple would look like if it was put into the way that it was created to be. And I say I've got such a, a love for our, our early morning service for those that have been married for, for decades because they chose for their marriage to be founded on biblical truths plugged into the vine. The, the, the second part of John 10.10 10 says that while the thief comes and says, this is where you go for joy, this is where you go for, for, for love, this is where you go for, for the retreat, and this is where your habits should be. They're good. They're all good. But they're really going to steal and destroy. But, but Jesus says that I have come that they, they may have life and life to the full. Life and life to the full. No matter what season you're in, no matter what your life looks like, when you're plugged into the vine, you have the opportunity to be plugged into this joy and love and peace and kindness and have this life and life to the full. Our main passage in John 15 about the vine and the branches goes on to say in verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And this idea of commandments is not a restriction, it's a freedom. And the idea of, you know, we all wear masks now. We wear masks not because we're sick, we wear masks because we want to protect those around us. There, there is a, a, a law, a rule. We choose to wear masks as an act of love to protect those around us. I took my mask off just before, before I came up here to preach. Otherwise, I'll be wearing a mask. The same way, if you have a, an open fireplace, you have a, a boundary, a guard, uh, something to protect that fire. And you put this, this shield in front of the fireplace and it does two things. One, it stops people or children, if you've got children in your home, from falling into the fire and hurting themselves. This boundary, this, this protective guard, this rule, this law that is there is not there to, to stop the fun. It's there to, to lovingly protect those in the household. The section, second function of this rule, this boundary, is to stop logs in an open fire from rolling out into the house and burning down the house. It's to contain it the way the fire was meant to be. Contain it to the way that it gets the benefit for the house and it's good for warmth and cooking and all those things that fire can do. So the, the rules, that the law that 
we see in Scripture is not a negative law. It's a positive law. It's not a bad boundary. It's a good, loving boundary. It says, if you keep my commandments, you'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments to remain in his love. These commandments make sure that this love that the world says is good, these ideas that the world says is good, but actually are here to steal and destroy us compared to the way that we are to live, being plugged into the vine. We need to protect this. We need to have some rules around this to show that, that we can stay in love the way love was meant to be, that we can be patient the way that patience was meant to be, our kindness and our gentleness and the things that flow from the Spirit. And when we do these things, we start to radiate who Christ is. And through that, people are brought into a relationship when they see Christ in us. They draw closer, not to us, but to God in us because the source of our goodness is coming from the vine. Which leads us to a decision. And for some of us, this decision may be hard. And this is why I love in this, this semi-parable that Jesus tells, he, he has God as the gardener because we don't do this alone. For some of us, we need to remove an area of our life. We need to remove something that's containing too much of our time. We need to remove part of us because it's quite toxic. We need to remove something because it, it's, it's like a cancer to our spiritual growth. It is here to, to steal and destroy and kill us. And we need to get rid of it. We may think that it looks good, but deep down we know that it is sucking our time and our energy. It is something that doesn't belong. And we wouldn't even want to plug it into the vine because we know it's so toxic. We need to throw it away. For others of us, we've got areas of our life that are bearing fruit. And it's bearing good fruit, but we know that it needs to be pruned. It could be that you're... You're doing some pastoral care. You know, you're doing community. You're hanging out with people and you're sharing and you're loving on them and all that. But all of a sudden, the conversation changes a little bit. How are you doing? How's your relationship with God going to? There's a little bit of a trim and a little bit of a change in the conversation. All of a sudden, it's like, did you hear what they're doing? And a bit of gossip sneaks into that area of the conversation. What you you were doing as, as a loving pastoral relationship, caring for other, others, being the body of Christ, what, you know, looking after each other, caring for, loving and doing those things, has started to get these areas that are growing on it that, that aren't godly at all. And in those moments, we just need to do some, just a little bit of pruning and take off some of that gossip, some of that un- ungodly conversations that aren't honouring Christ and trim them so that what was good can bear more fruit and that it wouldn't get in the way of people seeing Christ in us. For some of us, there's an area of our life that we've never actually plugged into the vine. It may be work, it may be school, it may be family, and there's just an area that you've never, ever plugged into who God has called that area of your life to be. Maybe it's your work environment or whatever that is. It's those times when you can ask the gardener, God, I need help with this. God, I don't want you to, to remove this part of my life. I know that it can be good. I don't need it to be trimmed up because it's actually not connected at all. Will you connect me to the vine, God? Will you connect me to Christ in a way that, that his goodness, his love would, would flow through that area of my life and it would bear fruit for you? 
And there's also some areas of our lives sometimes that, that we know that it's good. We know that it's bearing fruit. We know that it's drawing us closer to you, but we need to protect that. We need to protect that in a way that would make sure that it continues to bear fruit. But we need to put some boundaries around it. Not, not rule, life-sucking, terrible boundaries, but loving boundaries like a guard in front of a fireplace, a boundary to contain the things that are the true love and life to the full that God wants us to have and to protect them from being robbed, to protect those things from starting to wither and die as they remove themselves or get unplugged from the source of this life to the full and these fruits that we get from the Spirit that we so, so need today. So I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us this morning to examine our lives and see what areas we need to remove, what areas we need to prune, what areas we need to plug in, and what areas we need to protect in our life, and choose an area and work on that. Last week we were challenged around our spiritual disciplines, our spiritual habits. What habit have we taken up that will help plug us into the vine? As we finish our series on our family tree, I want us to understand that that in this, we are all connected to the vine. We are all part of the same family. We are all sons and daughters of the living God. And we are all called to live in a way that would draw people closer to the source of all goodness, the source of love that is Jesus Christ. My prayer this week is we examine ourselves, that in doing so, who we say we are and those elements of our life, each element would be plugged into the vine. And so as a husband, we plug it into the vine. As a father, we plug it into the vine. As a, as a worker, as a, as a child, as a teenager, as whatever, whoever we say we are, those elements are plugged into the vine so that the source of life would flow into that area of our life and we would be the part of the body of Christ that he's called us to be. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that as we, we plug into the vine, that we would do it in a way that would draw people closer to you. Lord, I pray as we plug into the source of all goodness, that we would do it in a way that would lead people to a place where they are face-to-face with the decision to choose life and life to the full, or that they would have a choice to look at these areas of their life and go, I don't want that, I don't need that, how do I change? And that they would see that change is only found in Jesus Christ. There is no way, if we are not connected to Christ in that area of our life, it is dead and will not bear fruit. Lord, I pray for those who may feel that they're not connected to the family at the moment, that they would see that through the vine we are all connected, that we are never alone, that the source of all goodness and hope, all sources of peace and comfort and love and joy are found in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that in that we find hope, that in that we find purpose, and that in that we find life and life to the full. In Jesus' name, amen.